Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Rink Moose episodic podcast. A weekly episodic podcast where two good friends gather around a table and discuss all things NHL and their implications in fantasy hockey. I am one of your hosts, Nick Costu, with my good pal, the one they call the Big Cheese Man, Kyle Nice. Kyle, what are you doing today? <laughs> ah, well done. Nick, where is this table and why am I not invited? The table? It's the imaginary table that's standing in between us right now as, as we're recording this episode, you know? The great hockey table of discussion. Yeah, I like ideally it's a nice it. table. We're sitting there together, but, you know, now it's just the imaginary table, you know? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Chilly Sunday evening here. We've just had... Uh, an awesome all-star break, and uh, we're back at it, folks. We had a bit of bit of a rocky go last week, as some <laughs> of you may know. We had a bit of a slip-up on my part. Uh, you know, busy week and all, you know, life happens, and uh, sometimes you get slapped in the face with it. But uh, we're coming at you harder than ever and uh, and better than ever before. So we've uh, we've made some adjustments, and uh, here we are for episode 24, Nick. Some, some coaching changes, eh, Kyle? Yes, Shirelli is out, and uh, okay. so is the manager of the episodes. I fired the guy. We got a new guy, <laughs> new guy managing. So he's uh, he's gonna do a good job under my watchful eye, my little sidekick. So yeah, we're we're gonna be just fine. Yeah, yeah. So hope hopefully no more removing episodes from the audience. We'll be uploading the twenty third episode, the the newly renovated twenty third episode, alongside this twenty fourth episode. So, mm. re- rest assured, if you fans are, are are missing out on that on that missing episode there. Mm-hmm. And without further ado, Nick, I'd like to ask you our first question of the day, and it's our typical Pierre Maguire check in. Beautiful. So Mag- Maguire had uh, a pretty eventful weekend. He was. Uh, Actually, this week he was in he was in the news quite a lot. The first one we saw was uh, was that awesome interview. And Pierre's always finding little ways to get uh, get his interviews to be spicy and magical. But uh, he, I think I forget who's who. Gerard Gallant maybe, and yeah. uh, Ryan Reeves is just getting his little stick blade in there and tickling Pierre's little brain. And uh, good good on you, Pierre, because uh, he he took it like a champ. Like it, he kind of ignored it for a while. And then he just gave uh, Ryan Reeves the jolliest old smile, like, give me a hug, man. <laughs> like, he was so happy to see that the player was interacting with him. It was just so cute. 
Yeah, you know, and, and the funny thing is they, they were on him the second he hopped on the bench because uh, apparently as he was walking over to Gallant to do the interview, they were already uh, squirting water at him through their water <laughs> bottles. No way. <laughs> yeah, his, oh pants were, his pants were getting wet because they were squirting their Gatorade bottles at him. Do you think do you think all this makes him feel like like loved like one of the boys or do you think he feels like these guys think I'm a joke? I I think it's happened too long where he just embraces it. Yeah. I think if it was like one off occasions then like you know, he might think that way, but I think he kind of he's cognizant of the fact that he's kind of the mascot of the NHL. He's kind of the guy everyone wants to pick on and so I I think he just embraces it and and likes it, you know? I think you're absolutely right, Nick, and and you see it, uh, you see it with the slaps on the ass, right, of the players, and mm-hmm. you see it with like when Subban gave him a big old kiss on the cheek. Like these guys know that Pierre is who he is, and he's just this funny character in, in this league. And uh, I think Pierre just, uh, you know, he he gets rocked to sleep at night by by just knowing that these players uh, find him important. Like uh, he's not just some schmuck like Scott Oak. I mean, Scott Oak's a good guy, but he's no Pierre, you know. Uh, and, did, uh, did you did you see the All Star thing in Scott Oak? No, I didn't actually. Oh, you're gonna love this shit. I'll tell you later when we get oh, yeah. into the game. I'll, yeah, but yeah, Pierre. Now it's it's not all fun and games with Pierre, you know, Nick, because uh, he he got a little bit of negative attention on uh, during the All Star weekend. Oh, I think you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I do. let's just say a certain certain female athlete was hanging around the benches and Pierre got a little handsy with uh <laughs> with, with the poor gal. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> that one still photo you sent me just looks bad. Yes, it does. It does. And the whole social media world was like, uh, it's like Pierre couldn't get any creepier. Uh, like then they're so right too. Like who else oh, yeah. but Pierre to do this kind of thing? And maybe it's it's probably not malicious, but uh he just has to have some awareness. Like you, you have to have, you know, it, it's it's this modern day and age. You have to have some awareness on, uh, you know, you you should probably just use your words at this point. Well, yeah, no, I I, I showed some friends like the GIF, and they they like it was pretty slick, like what he did. Like it was pretty like it was like it's not noticeable just watching it, but when when you showed me the photo, I mean, <laughs> uh, pretty gnarly stuff there. <laughs> Um, and, and I'll tell you what, it's not going to help this stuff like this publicity. It's not going to help his GM chances, you know? No, it's you not. Know, the, the Oilers, Seattle, these teams looking for general managers. I don't think they're going to come knocking on his door when he, when he's up to antics like this. That's the thing. That's maybe the, uh, the counter argument of the, the point we just made, like the, the fact that he's so buddy, buddy with the players and everyone has fun with him. It really doesn't, doesn't help, help his professional credibility. No. So that's why when the idea of him being a GM to me is just still so out of this world because he's right. such a goof. Like he is a mascot of the league and I can't see right. him any other way. Like even yeah. if he has some wisdom and intelligence, maybe he does squirrel away in that little peanut brain. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just little things like this. Like you, you can't just keep get, giving yourself like, you know, TSN plays Maguire's Monsters and it's just a bunch of baloney. Baloney calls Pierre screw ups and it's hilarious and everyone loves it. But man, like if I'm an owner of a team, I'm not calling that right. guy. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, like it, 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 there's a golden rule I think if you're working in the media, where you have to there has to be a limit 
on, on how much fun you can have, right? Like you, you need to be informative for the most part. And then you're allowed just a tea bit of leeway yeah. is in like just goofiness, you know, mm-hmm. like people like Ferraro, like between the benches, like he doesn't screw around. He, no. he tells you what's happening and occasionally he make a, a little joke here and there, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and these antics that are getting on YouTube and everything, that's not going to help an owner when he's deciding who to, who to make his GM. I don't care how much of a thesaurus, how thick that thesaurus is. He's got, you know, in that little peanut brain of his, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, boy, are we lucky to have him, though. Because he, oh, yeah. he fits his role, he plays it well, and he, he hey, he keeps us talking about him, and uh, he keeps us uh, he keeps us on our toes. We always got to watch it, out for his it, next move. And that's what would suck if if he went to a GM position. This would all be over. Oh yeah, he, exactly. He, he'd be behind the. He'd be in the press box every game. You'd get your one shot of serious McGuire, you know, drinking his coffee up in the press box, and and that would be it. And and no more of these antics. So <laughs> no. I I think we should all be blessed that he's still unemployed. Oh. And uh and and just cherish cher- okay. cherish this 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 time in history. I have to play the glass half full here. Uh, we, now, we've seen this side of Pierre, like the announcer, the interviewer, the the funny man. Now, what if we saw the side, and I want to put this in your head, the camera's always flipping back to watching Pierre's reactions to the game, and you get things <laughs> like the, the Bergevin dance, you get right. him freaking out, you get him throwing his coffee, and then every single time the team is on A, a winning streak, B, a losing streak, He'll come to the media and he'll do a, like a, like an interview, and it's like unprompted. Like Pierre, you shouldn't be doing this. Like GMs don't usually do this, but no, he's gonna come to the. Listen, guys, I know we're not doing well, and I knew this would happen, <laughs> like I predicted, and uh, just part of the pro. Like he'd just say stupid shit. So I think yeah. there is fun to have with a Pierre Maguire general manager. That we just don't know about yet. Like I'd love to see him in the playoffs, just flipping shit up uh, in the press box. Now, what I will say is, I think coach is the best position. Oh yeah, because then then he gets yes. way more camera work. Absolutely, you, you, you get an interview every game, even even after the most grueling losses. Yeah, like uh, that is to me oh, is the dream God. situation. If 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 you get Pierre is the is the coach of the Canadians, the the media there oh, would just shred him to pieces. You know what's funny? <laughs> How come Pierre has a lot he has more coaching experience than than general managing experience for sure. But the idea of him as a coach has never come up ever <laughs> because he's already played his hand. Like he already has failed so hard at as coach that it's just Great. not even well, a thing anymore. Yeah, like I'd year, love to dude. see this. No, I, I agree, Nick. You if we somehow got this, it would instantly be my most watched team. <laughs> And, uh, like, it would be primetime television. Like, NBC would have to create time <laughs> slots. Like, move over NFL. Like, there's a new top sport in town. It's crazy. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. And there would be more players slapping ass. Like, there would be amazing oh, things yeah. happening. Oh, oh it would be great. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have, like, what McKinnon did to Bednar. Oh. You'd have that. You'd have every player doing that. Every single one. Hey, you know what, Pierre? Fuck off. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And you'd read those lips every single game. Oh, they, they'd always great. shake their heads. Phil Kessel. Imagine Phil Kessel and Pierre telling him to skate harder. Phil would just fucking. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't be happy about that. Oh my god. Yeah. 
No, and, and like I said, like the players, they were squirting water at him as, as he was as he was trying to interview. Like, like fuck the antics they'd be, be up to if he was oh coaching. Oh, my God. Like, boy, oh, boy. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is... Uh, you know what? We can dream a little, Nick. If it happens one day, it's a miracle. But we we can dream in the meantime. But yeah. uh, I mean, I he, yeah, you never know. He's still young. Uh, He's going to be in the business for a while. I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, I'm just surprised we haven't heard like it sounds maybe more like he's kind of more leaning towards a general managing role, but maybe he'll have a change of heart one day. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I, I if I were a betting man, I, I would say sometime in our lifetime, Pierre Maguire will be joining an NHL team in some managerial capacity. Boy, oh boy. I don't even, I don't think that's too bold a statement. I think that's very bold. Really? I do. I do. I, I think, I think it's very bold. I don't think anyone takes him seriously. Wow. Yeah. Like not even like a, not, not even GM, like just like an advisor. Nope. You know, like behind the scenes. No, I don't think so. Like, I think they know, like, he would try to put his dirty fingerprints like he would try to make calls for the GM like he right. would almost undermine the GM at points if he was in that room and the GM would hmm. be, just be pissed hmm. like you know how Pierre is like he does he doesn't like to be wrong he likes to, he, he really values his own opinion I think there would be conflict there and I think people know that hmm. but yeah I don't know. know I, I the, the only way the only like reason i say that is because i I, despite how much of a you know despite the the presence that he you know shows to the audience i i still think there's like respected minds in the nhl who like are in powerful positions yeah who like are friends with him because like it's just history like they maybe they've known each other a while or shit like that so yeah that's like 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 ray shiro like apparently him and ray shiro are like very good pals so i could easily see like him just extending like an offer to him you know saying hey work for my team yeah, maybe, maybe. So, yeah. All right, Nick, we've we've spent a lot of time. We've yes. Spent... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Like we just got uh, carried away here on our buddy. But, we just uh, love the guy. Nick, you went to a, an OHL game this past week. Uh, you got some uh, scouting reports for the for the fans here, or what? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. For, first thing I'll say is, uh, I went to the Leon Center. They call it the Leon Center here in Kingston, Ontario. That's home new, of eh? the. Sorry? That's a new name for that arena. Leon's. I think it's like a brand. I don't know. Leon's. Do oh, they do like I know Leon's, or something? but I thought it used to be like the, the K-Dot or the K... No, K-Rock Center. K-Rock, yeah, it's also called yeah. the K-Rock Center. Okay. But um, yeah, it's got two names, I guess. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, went there with some friends on a Friday night to see the Kingston Frontenax host the Saginaw Spirit. Mm. Of course, for those uh, following the OHL, Kingston in last place right now. Um, not Yikes. not one NHL draft pick on their roster. Oh my god, that's a so uh, awful. yeah, not much to see there. Not much to see there. But I did come to see the spirit. I feel bad. And and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I was not disappointed because really? they had a lot of NHL talent there. Mm. And uh, among those names being Owen Tippett, first yep. round pick of the Florida Panthers. Good player. We had uh, the McLeod kid. Who, Ryan uh, who's a second? Uh, I forget his first name. I think Ryan. Yeah, Ryan McLeod. Yeah, he's um, good. early second round pick, from what I know. Not mm-hmm. sure who has him. Edmonton. I think. Um, Edmonton. Yes, Edmonton. And uh, the guy who got me off my seat 
Bodie Wild, Ooh. early second round pick of the New York Islanders. This kid, first off, Kyle, what I will say is we sat first row. We were at the glass, just like that game when we saw McDavid in, in London. Wow. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, the size of these kids, that's the first thing you notice, just how fucking big these guys are. Really? Uh, like Tippett's massive. He's really? a massive guy. He's not physical. He's not throwing the body around. That's not his game. But like, fuck, if I just ran into him, I'd be done. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, my God. He's big. Like, he's intimidating just looking at him. And, uh, you know, he made some slick plays. Very nice passing. I was I was very impressed. Like, just little things you just love to see live. Um, makes you, you know, remember just how great watching these skilled players is live. But, boy, oh, boy, Bodie Wild, 6'5". Wow. This guy's massive, Kyle. He, wow. he he controls the game. He controls the pace of the game when he has the puck. The way he makes, you know, long passes from his end, uh, just savvy little plays, the way he controls the puck. You know, not not the not the best skater, obviously, at six five, but just his 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 poise with the puck. I, I mm. just I just loved the confidence he had. And he he scored a slick goal too. He jumps up in the play at the right time, high hockey IQ. I was just really impressed with this Bodie Wild guy, and hmm. and uh, I, I I understand why he was projected to be a first round pick. I, I remember in Bobby Mack's rankings, he was like a early twenties or late teens draft, and, and and he got he got he actually like got slipped uh, mm. big time. Uh, I remember did. watching the draft, and his name just kept falling and falling and falling. And uh, I have a theory of yeah. why that was the case. Okay. There, there was a, there was a point in the game where he scored. I obviously, I, I mentioned that slick goal, and uh, it, it showed the, it showed the highlight reel on the jumbotron, and then it flipped over to him on the bench. Quick shot of him on the bench, and and the guy, he he fuck, he he sticks out his hand. He starts waving to the jumbotron with his tongue sticking out of his mouth, what? like a baby, like like he's posturing and make like just looking like a like an idiot. He like he straight up just waved to the camera and stuck his tongue out. That's freaking lame. Like just weird. You're you're almost twenty years old. Like what are you doing? Wow. Like yeah. fuck. Like like what is this? That is lame. I'm that has it me worried. Lame. That has me really worried. It has me guy. very worried, and that's I think he has some character issues, and I think that may be why player he fell because oftentimes when these players fall in the draft, mm. it's that those kind of on off ice things, right? Yeah, we saw it with a kid. We saw it with yeah. a kid like Ryan Merkley, yes. who, who was one of the most talented players in that draft, who slipped to San Jose in in the twenties, right? Yeah. So I, 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 my theory is this: Bodie Wild kid, you got the same very, very same scenario, mm. you know. And 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 I tried to kind of expose that personality out of him every time he lined up for a faceoff. I was right at the blue line. I'd bang at the glass. I'd chirp at him. No way. And, and, and yeah, it's, you know, we were, we were pretty sauced and we were kind of getting into it with the players wow. and, uh, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't like, I tried to get some aggression out of him, like a Jack Eichel response where he'd yeah. like, look at yeah. me or something, but, uh, he just wasn't buying it. Um, wow. but, but yeah, man, that's my theory. And, uh, it's going to be, he's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on. Cause I see the talent there. He's with the Islanders who had a great draft that year, as, as you pointed out when, when I spoke to you about him. Yeah, amazing. And uh, man, I I just I look forward to seeing how how this how this plays out here. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him. And it's it's funny because uh, you mentioned that, and then it kind of makes me wonder, like you know, talented American kids are usually going through the uh, 
the U.S. National Development Program these days. And it makes me question, why does a talented young American kid come to the OHL? And then I kind of had this uh, epiphany when you were talking. And I'm like, maybe they go to the OHL because they know they're going to be repping like a nice big city or not big city, but a nice big town. And uh, they're going to be like the talk of the town. Like think about how like how the celebrity status the London Knights guys get. Like uh, I, I think Crazy. they come here to the OHL because they want to have that limelight. They want to be the stars and they want to just showboat their way through uh, through their junior years. And I think uh, that we, it might be what we're seeing here in, the, in old Bodie because it sounds like he really likes the spotlight and uh, it, it might be uh, might be a problem down the road. But uh, it sounds like he's an interesting character and we'll have to keep an eye on him. I know you like your character guys, Nick, good or bad. You like your polarizing figures. So mm-hmm. this one is going to be a, a one that we will keep an eye on and it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him. Definitely. And and one last thing I will say just about the experience in general is uh, if you ever have the opportunity to go to the to the K-Rock Center um, or the Leon Center, whatever you want to call it, um, boy, oh boy, Kyle, it, like you, we talked about Florida and no fans showing up to those games. Nobody was at this game. What? It was like it was a like the arena. It's small. It, first, my my first reaction was we've been to the Knights games at, at the Budweiser Garden there yeah. and, and that is like an NHL arena like just a 100 level a 300 level at this barn at the Leon Center it's just the 100 level hmm. and 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 it's much more inclusive and 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 it, it, it's it's kind of nice to be honest but they but couldn't boy, fill oh boy it? nobody was there they were straight up sections like the corner oh. sections not one soul was sitting there oh that's awful it was awful like it was it was awful how no one was there it was like it, it was i'd never seen a more empty rink in my life wow and uh and so i i felt i felt kind of bad and it makes me wonder if if this is kind of a theme in the ohl like in these smaller markets like yes. uh i don't like i know we can't i i've only been to the to the games in london and kingston but like the the, the difference between the two and and how much this may have a factor in other markets like i wonder if this is the same in like sault st marie or uh you know somewhere else like uh erie or flint like yes. where the fuck's flint yeah that's, you know you think they get a lot of fans Th- that is a bad one in particular yeah but, uh, flint michigan yeah now i don't know i, what... I yeah I don't know like too I, much. Yeah. No, go on. What do you, well, I, I didn't even know there were market OHL teams in the U.S. before oh, yeah. this Saginaw game. Oh, yeah. Sa- Saginaw's in Michigan, apparently. So yeah. I was like, what the fuck? These guys have come to Kingston all the way from Michigan? Like, that's a that's a far commute for, like, the OHL. Yeah, and some and of the like, WHL teams have, like, a Portland Yeah, 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 and... yeah. It's weird. It, I, 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 it just, like, there's three teams, Flint, Saginaw, and Erie. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know Erie was like a city in the states until yesterday. Like it, yeah. it boggles my mind how Connor McDavid was playing on an American team in the OHL. Yeah, it's weird. It is. Weird. But anyways, yeah. No, my my bigger point is like I, I just I'm curious how like I'd love to go to other OHL markets and other cities and just see what it's like because like I've only been to two and it's kind of fascinating how like we were given a whole tour of the Budweiser stage, like mm-hmm. the, the epitome of, of great OHL organizations, the London Knights, like the Leafs of OHL. Right. Yeah. And, and you're professional. And then you go to Kingston and it's like fucking, it's like, it's out of slap shot, you know, 
You know Yikes. where they're playing in Slapshot in that arena? It's yeah. like going to that game. I mean, yeah, it hurts to hear, Nick. And I don't know too much about, uh, you know, the attendance in the OHL and the business side of things. But uh, what I do know is that I know they've been going through that, like uh, the labor disagreements about should we pay these players like they're professionals. And uh, it just sounds like there's some OHL teams out there where they would just fold if that were the case. Like, there's, they're definitely not only held up by these these ticket sales. There's definitely outside factors holding them up. But uh, here's my theory, Nick. And now let me know what you think of this. I think the the larger cities that have OHL teams or CHL teams do well. Think of the Londons, the Halifax teams, uh, maybe the Quebec Ramparts, uh, the Cal- the Calgary Hitmen. I know they do really Barry. well. Barry, yeah, the Edmonton Oil Kings, they they do well. Sue Greyhounds, probably. And then, so I think, though, yeah, those guys do well. I think maybe the the tiny tiny places might do well because hey, there's nothing else going on in the town. It's not a big barn. We can probably get some decent numbers from what we can in the barn. Think of like, uh, fuck, I don't even know, like just tiny places. But I think everything in the middle, and there's a lot of them, they probably struggle. Like like mm-hmm. just out of market places like where you don't you you barely even realize like Saginaw, like that's mm-hmm. not a tiny town, but it's not like a major town, and they're just kind of like they're so in the middle. Yeah. So I, I I don't know like I because I know a lot of a lot of junior teams, if it's like in a small town, like uh, not even not even Aurora but towns up north. They'll go watch the junior teams because there's nothing much to do in the town, right? Like, it's just something mm-hmm. people do. They've grown up doing it. But uh, in towns like Aurora, when I go to Aurora junior hockey game, junior A, fuck, it was empty, man. It was just mm-hmm. so sad to watch. So, yeah, it's it's a sad, sad fact. But uh, it kind of makes you want to go to more games, does it not? Oh, it's great for me because because you you get to go and it's cheap and and the seats are are not taken and you get the best seat in the house if you have like a like I, I want to go see Mikey Di Pietro when he comes down with the sixty sevens yeah and and, and I might want to just get a seat behind the crease and just watch Mikey the whole game yeah and and that that'll be my best chance to see a guy who's going to be a stud in the NHL like ten years from now mm-hmm. I, the fact you get to do that like we had a, that experience with Connor in London like that's awesome yeah and and if you if you can if i don't have to compete with people like in london to get seats and and then that to me is is very nice i'm just saying from like a broad standpoint just seeing like i want to see fans in the seats to cheer on these teams yeah and i'm just not seeing it right i mean yeah think of it from from our perspective if we were living in a town like kingston what you are and we wanted to do a little bit of scouting think of how easy mm-hmm. and awesome that would be for you oh yeah like t- tickets you get, are like cheap. two a week yeah yeah go like have a couple drinks in you and you got a, a guy you're looking to watch it's it's awesome yeah. it, it's a really oh, a accessible little thing so yeah living in an ohl town is is a really neat thing yeah and uh yeah one last thing i will say is uh if you ever do get the, the chance to all those listening to go to go to the game there in kingston make sure you you pay the five dollars and get the bacon on a stick oh my god and and get the maple sauce drizzled on it wow. fantastic if wow. you gotta google this kyle just google ma- uh, bacon on a stick it's like it's not like a bacon like it's like this big hunk piece of meat 
wow. on this stick and it, and it look it is bacon but like it's a fatty piece of bacon and you just munch on that delicious i'll take note of delicious. that delicious yeah next time yeah. i'm in King- kingston for sure <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll have to have that and watch a game <laughs> who knows maybe i'll come up for like a very key matchup and i'll right. just go over and then we'll have a couple drinks go out and then i'll right. leave in the morning right yeah absolutely could be a fine fun yeah f- f- like that guy in uh sudbury uh yeah your, your Byfield. Boy. yeah yeah well, find out when he's in town next year and uh and there you go hopefully it's on a weekend and then it'll be easy yeah well no that's what another thing they do is they only play on weekends oh in the really? ohl it's, no, it's basically no, like an no, no, it's no, an no. it's it's an exclusive like friday saturday sunday schedule Really? And and they'll play like triple headers. It's crazy. They'll play back to back to back, and that'll be their schedule for the week. Wow. So it, it's kind of cool how they do that. It's very fan-friendly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So we better move on, Nick. The time Let's is ticking. Let's do it. Uh, so we, as, as we said before, it was All-Star Weekend. And you know what? It was a good weekend, in my opinion, Nick. I think it was a, a hell of a success of of an all-star wow. game and an all-star skills competition. I think you got some good storylines coming out of the weekend and uh, perhaps most intriguing and most groundbreaking in a way was uh, that we had our first women ever to compete in the all-star skills competition, Nick. It was pretty cool. We had uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield, the American skater with the, the uh, just a dazzling fastest skater run. She went out uh, before the other players did. Uh, so she was actually the first woman ever to compete at the All-Star Skills Competition. And I think she posted like a, something like a 14.3 or 4. And that was 7th out of 8 overall, Nick. So she beat one player. She beat one of the guys. Do you know who do that know player was? I do, but do you, what, you want lo- to take a uh, guess? Okay, let me guess. Uh, I'm just trying to remember who was in the competition. Who was the slowest man out there? Yes. Yeah, so I know McDavid won. <clears throat> trick uh, Trick is Heisken and fell first and then went again and did pretty good. Uh, right. Yep. Yeah, Heisken and fell. Pedersen was in it. Couldn't Pe- be Pedersen, right? Atkinson was in it. Eichel was in it. Barzell was in it. Uh, hmm. Was that Atkinson? Hmm. There was Clayton Keller in it. Keller was, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Tell me. All right. It was Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller nice. was the f- slowest man out there. Wow. He was slower than Kendall Coyne Schofield. I mean, she was fast. She, she looked fast. really fast. So. You know what? Like, I mean, the way she was moving, it looked like yeah. she was, mo- she was like, her legs were probably moving among the fastest. But I guess oh, just yeah. that little that's the strength of some of the other guys stride was was what pushed them over. But yeah, she was just a just a really impressive form and, and technique and all that. Like she was just dancing around those corners. It was really cool to watch. Yeah, she was. Uh, you know what, though? She she was not quick enough to escape the grasp of Pierre oh. <laughs> after her after her skate there, wasn't she? You just had to throw that in there, again, <laughs> eh? didn't you? We already we, yeah, we gave I, Pierre I twenty to. minutes earlier. <laughs> I was I was not ready to close the books on Pierre just yet. Oh my god! And that's just Pierre think. I, I bet in his head he's like, mm, gentleman Pierre, here we come. <laughs> and you know what, Nick? I gotta say this. Just one, one quick more one more note. When Pierre's on skates, he fucking creeps <laughs> me out. 
he creeps me out big time. It's, it's like when he's on skates and, and like he's gliding <laughs> around. It almost makes With me the feel like... suit on. Yeah, he almost makes me feel like he's lubed up and his head is so smooth. And it's like, ugh. Guy uh, creeps me out, man. This yeah. guy. But hey, yeah, good... Smart of uh, smart of the NHL and NBC to have him uh, present because again he's such a figure. So, yeah, that, that that was interesting. Kendall Kendall did really well there, and you know what this this may lead Nick. I think we're gonna see this more often. Aren't aren't don't you think? Like uh, women, maybe the women all stars from the their league. I fuck, I'm drawing a blank on what it is, but I think this could be a regular thing. Them competing in the in the games. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was it was a it was a pleasant surprise to see, and uh, I, don't, I don't. There's no reason not to include it. Like I, I think it was really cool how they integrated it at the, the start of every skill there. Like I'll be honest, Kyle, I hate the skills competition. I thought it was miserable. I thought really? I thought that everything but this integrating of the women players was great. Mm-hmm. But but I sorry, everything but that was awful. Right. And 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 I I just couldn't get behind any of these skills like I I just didn't care. Yeah, yeah. That's just it's... my take. Like I I couldn't get invested. Like I I wasn't watching live. I just watched these segments afterwards, and yeah. I was just like, like what am like why do I care? Yeah, same here. Like the whole nonchalantness and no one really is, is trying too hard. The only thing I could see as merit value is just the guys interacting with each other you might get to see a little bit of personality trickle through but even that's hard like I, they, they have some of the mic the guys mic'd up for the game and I think that's great I don't know that mm. they, they might want to put more mics on the guys during the during the skills too I think I you know I just love to hear the chirps that go on and and you know just the the trash talk and and all that kind of thing but yeah I get what you're saying like people weren't really giving it all yeah, like I personally, I couldn't get invested until, and this includes the game, until probably the second game between uh, the Atlantic and the uh, the Metro, because because the, the skills just looked like no one was giving it a go, and then the first All Star game between the Pacific and the uh, and the Central was just awful. It was like oh, no one was trying. It was like really? nobody was there, mm-hmm. and then and then finally in that second game, you, it was a nice close game. And, uh, and 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 you got to see some competitiveness. Guys back checking, guys actually poke checking the puck away from other guys. The goalies trying. It was good to see. Mm. One thing I did note from the skills competition was I thought it was just a, a smart, intelligent, classy move when Matthews pulled over that Marlowe jersey uh, when he was doing right. the accuracy thing. I thought that was yeah. that was really smart and funny. But uh, man, yeah. he, he blew it though. You know, he he had a hard time on the accuracy there. But uh, that, that yeah, was it would have been nice for him to win it there. Yeah, and then uh, I just want—I had this funny point, but you know, you know how Crosby is a true veteran. You know how you can tell is because mm-hmm. you know Crosby hates the whole skills competition and the All Star game. Crosby's notorious for not showing up to these events at all. But uh, given where Pittsburgh is, he knew he had to avoid the suspension. So he's got the flu for the one day, and then he comes right. out and he's the MVP of, of the games. And right. it's just hilarious. Like, he, he played it so well that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to not do what I hate, and I'm still going to have fun at the game and, and not get suspended. It's just a true veteran move, in my opinion. 
And and what I will add is I think that Crosby, Barzal, and uh, Latang line, oh. whoever's idea was to put those guys together was fantastic because they were by far the slickest oh, yeah. line in, in in the league in in the games. And, and this uh, is uh... I I was just I I was very impressed with that line. I also liked it, the short little time we had with Tavares and Stamkos, the two ninety ones. Yeah, uh, Stammer had the best goal of of all the games in my mind. The one where uh, he Took put it through, through his legs yeah. as he was falling. That was very nice, mm-hmm. uh, very slick move in front of the net. On I think it was Longfist. Yeah, um, that was pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, this is another th- cool thing about the, maybe one of the merits of the All-Star game because a lot of people chirp, and I, I'd like to find little positives, but it, you, you see like a like chemistry between Barzell and Crosby, and it, it just looks so it looks so natural out there. It, it gets fans thinking and wondering, oh, what would it look what would it look like if these guys were actually on the same team together? It just it kind of gets you excited in that that inner fan in you is just like, well, this looks like they they have great chemistry, and I, I want to see them more together. And and then it just takes it away, like it's over, and it's like ah, oh. because those two together, it, it was very cool yeah. to see for sure. And 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 one last thing I'll say on the All Star game is I I love having the guys mic'd up. I, th- I think that yes. makes it great. Yes. Uh, they they had Jack mic'd up, and, uh, and and as he was playing, so he's playing and he's talking to the guys in the booth at the same time. And oh, so great. he made a, he made a bad pass. He just made a pass that didn't get to his teammate, and you could just hear him straight up be like, "Oh man, that was a shit pass." <laughs> he's saying this. He's saying this on the CBC, and you can hear it all. It was great. One thing I'd um, like though, yeah, I'll just a lot like tag on that is. The guys yeah. who are talking to him, I wish they weren't, you know, those guys. I wish they were a little bit like more like players, you know, like right. why can't we have like a, a biz nasty get in there and start talking to these guys? That would be prime television. If they, right. added, they added biz nasty for this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Get some fun guys. Like I know we mentioned like Scott Oak before, you know, he's just your classic nerdy hockey host, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but there was, there was a good part in this game and I got a big chuckle out of this. Um, it was the, it was the dying minutes of the Atlantic Metro game and, uh, he was interviewing Johnny Cooper and, uh, they, uh, it was like two minutes to go. They were down like a goal or two and, uh, and Coop Cooper was like, Hey, uh, Hey Scott, you want to pull the goalie out for us? <laughs> and Scott was like, okay. <laughs> and, and the camera, the camera's on the two of them. And you, you see both of them, like, like Cooper's whistling to his goalie and Oaks, like giving the wave and saying like, Hey, get over here, get over here. <laughs> and, and then like within literally five seconds, there's a turnover no. <laughs> and the Metro, the Metro score <laughs> and the, and the camera's still on these goofs. And, uh, and, and Bieksa, who's doing the play by play in the middle, he's like, Oh, yeah. Lots of blame to go around on that one. <laughs> and and you just you just see Cooper pointing at Scott Oak going, it's this guy's fault. It's yeah. this guy's fault. That's awesome. It was funny. It was well, really good. Good classy, classy move by John Cooper, I thought. Yeah, fuck Cooper. But yeah, there was a good, <laughs> good light moment there. Oh, I love those moments. Fantastic. You know what was another funny thing was uh, just a, a little tidbit of uh, – of happiness was Nathan McKinnon coaching on the bench with, with his little mm-hmm. Tim's cup in his hand. Right. 
I just thought that was very symbolic. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I I did like how he showed up because he he doesn't get the suspension, right? Yeah. So he doesn't play, but he's not suspended, and his team needs all the points they can get right now. So oh, exactly. I could def- definitely a classy move on his part. Another smart move. Like those Cole Harbor boys are talking because M- McKinnon plays it perfectly. Like the the news came out. Oh, he needs an MRI. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his foot's badly, you know, bruised. Fuck, I bet there's barely anything wrong with him, Nick. But the fact that he shows up and the news about the MRI, it, it makes him, it comes off clean and uh, he avoids the suspension, but at the same time, he's not ex- like spending his body. So it's a very smart move by him. And I think it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was too, too much wrong with him, but, you know, it is what it is. At least he was there. And I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, unlike Ovi, who's going to have to miss a game when he gets back. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just yeah, wanted, like, he wanted to go on vacation, you know, a couple yeah, of drinks. And, and his team, they've only got like something like thirty games left, and and like I said, they're 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 in a they're in a bad place right now. So he's oh, got to help yeah. them out, and good to see he was at the game. No, oh, yeah, they might they might actually be in a like a little bit of trouble, but yeah, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get they're to, in trouble. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, my one last question about this All Star game, and this is uh this is the age old All Star question, of course, because you know these these guys are on vacation, Nick. Uh, who do you think leads the charge for tearing up San Jose drunk with a bunch of all stars? Who of on that on those rosters is going, boys? I know the best place in town. Get your drinks, meet at the hotel, and let's get going. Honestly, I think Joe Thornton just threw a party at his house. Oh, that's what I really? think. Really, he, he's a classy. He's the guy, you know, picking up a van. <laughs> In from the air, he's the first guy he meets, driving him around San Jose, showing him around. Wow! I could see Jumbo being kind of one of the longest tenured guys there, just throwing like a massive party on like the Friday or the Saturday night. You know, that's very interesting because, like, yeah, another another thing, just a guy not on the roster, but definitely very involved. Man, that's a that's a good answer there. I like. Yeah, that. like he he's the he's in he's the big endorser of 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 San Jose hockey. And yeah. so even if he's not at, not at the game, I could definitely see him kind of, you know, showing the players around. And I, and I, again, I think they were a great host. And I think one thing that needs to be underlined that not a lot of people embrace is that I believe the city of San Jose, the hockey market of San Jose is probably the gold standard of Sunbelt hockey mm. organizations interesting that's my argument because they make the playoffs every year yeah they they get the fans to show up if you think of other southern hockey markets i know nashville's been picking up steam of late but they they, they had a dark history before all that good stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think just consistently this past decade yeah. i think san jose is the gold standard of sunbelt hockey that's a fair point. That's a fair mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's something I would never think of, as you know. I mean, because An- Anaheim, Anaheim, they're not, they don't get many fans in their rebuild. I know they've had cups of late, but you know, the the, the arena it's in the middle of nowhere, kinda. Fair. Uh, you know, L.A. I mean, yeah, they they, but they've got the advantage of having a long history, and then you know, other markets, Dallas, Nashville, Florida's, um, I just <laughs> you know, Arizona's. Colorado's okay, but I don't know. They're My not pick really south enough, though. Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I uh, to me, it's San Jose. That's fair to say. I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, some some teams are on the rise, but 
in the last 10 years, yeah, San Jose has been consistently very, very good and, ha- and have had very influential players. So they've, they've had some good luck there too. So yeah, I, I like San Jose as, as a hockey market for sure. Yeah, good. They chose a good host and next year should be good too. That's going to be in St. Louis. Um, oh. Again, one of the, in my opinion, best sports cities in all of North America. And yeah. uh, they should do just as well of a job, if not better. So hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and they, did you hear they uh, they recently announced the the outdoor games for next year? I forget who they are, but they got isn't yeah, I think Dallas is it Colorado Dallas is one of them, I think. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if though that's not a game, but those are the two different games. So Dallas okay. will host one, and Colorado yeah. will host one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, which will be cool. Like the Colorado one, it's got like the the main Air Force base there, which apparently yeah. is is from what I hear is really something, and uh, and the Dallas one will be will be interesting as well. Now they had some sort of petition going on a couple weeks a couple of years ago, where they were trying to get like a crazy outdoor game in like the mountains or on uh, on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. Like, why don't we do something sweet like that? Like, just something so out of that out of this comfort zone like imagine lake louise hockey game like nhl style it'd be, it'd be insane maybe you wouldn't get a lot of fans like spectating but could you imagine the the, the tv stuff that would go on it would be that would be the coolest thing i've ever seen in my entire life my god but uh, that's a whole nother story nick that's a whole nother story well you know i, I see your point i mean we talked about it a few weeks ago about the game in the desert the one Pierre said happened between yeah, Vegas or go. New York and LA played a game in the desert in the seventies or the eighties. Like I want to see shit like that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do this outdoor game like thing, like why not make it a, a more of a spectacle than, than it already is. Cause we've played that in hand now and now people are, are used to it. Let's, let's up the ante a little bit, you know, Let, let's, let's go to Lake Louise. Let's go to the desert. Let's go to Parliament Hill. Let's, let's get symbolic with this. And uh, and just just make it happen, I think that'd be that'd be really cool. But alas, Nick, sure. we we, sh- we should move on. We should move on. Mm-hmm. We should move on. And uh, perhaps the biggest news, actually, yeah, this is this is the biggest news of last week, and it it, it took the it took the entire NHL not by surprise, but maybe by relief. Nick, Peter Shirelli is finally fired. Wow, what a feeling it's like the Edmonton Oilers fan base took a huge exhale and said all right the demons have been exercised we can finally look forward and have some hope some hope finally as it has come now I want to ask you this has Peter Shirelli just put together a top three worst general manager stints in the history of the league. And I'm not saying he's the worst GM in the history of the league, but a general manager stint, his tenure in Edmonton has got to be one of the worst that this league has seen in the last hundred years. Yeah. I don't think that's too bold of a claim to make. <laughs> and it's important you say stint. Yes. Cause let's not forget. This was a guy who I believe won a, won a cup. He with did Boston, right? He did. Yep. And, he, and he made key acquisitions like trading for Tuka Rask and stuff like that. Yep. So like, let, let's not forget stuff like that in his tenure in Boston, nope. but in terms nope. of just this stint in Edmonton and you look at these highlight real, 
you know, moves like Oof. trading a star player, a generational talent for Adam Larson. That can't happen. Boy, oh boy. That cannot happen. I don't care what your need is on defense, how you want to spin the deal and say, we need this, we have enough of this. That was a bad deal. The guy wins the Hart Trophy when you trade for Adam Larson. It's nasty. So Absolutely yeah, nasty. Think, things like that are just the cherry on top, and then you throw in the Barzell thing, and oh. you throw in the, the, you throw in the, uh, the, the Griffin Everly Reinhardt. Deal. And, now, and, Nick, and that dra- one's... Drafting Yakupov, like, jeez. Oh, that's the worst one for me, man. Like, when when he got when he got Griffin Reinhardt in what is currently one of the best drafts we've seen in recent history in 2015, he had a 16th overall pick, I believe, okay, in one of the best drafts in recent history. Griffin Reinhardt comes to the organization. And who and Islanders are just giddy as all shit because they see Boston go one, two, three, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then Barzell lands mm. on the New York Islanders. What a slap to the face. And where's Griffin Reinhardt now? I couldn't tell you. I'm not going to look it up. I, I'm not going to give him the clicks. I could not even tell you what organization he belongs with. He might. I think he might be in the Vegas a- AHL team. It's fucking ridiculous. Hmm. Now, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of points have been made that he's not surrounded by the right guys. Who are like, what are his pro scouts talking about? Because they must have scouted this guy, Reinhardt. Like, they must have advised him, "Hey, this guy's good." Or, but at the end of the day, it's his fault. But I think there's more wrong with Edmonton than than just that guy. Like there are outside oh, like internal yeah. factors that are that are fucking things up, and I think this next GM is gonna be have have to be such a character, mm-hmm. such a strong backbone to say mm-hmm. this is my team and I'm gonna run it my way. Otherwise, we might see the same problems, Nick. Like, right? I don't know. I well, don't know. Yeah. Here's here's two things I want to say, and they're both insider information. Okay. Number one is is Ferraro said that. It, it's like there's an old boys club there in Edmonton where it's the all these old aging minds yeah. who, th- who think they want to remake a team from the 80s, the great Gretzky days when, when Messier was there and you could just load up on forward talent and just outscore every game and, and, and just win that way. It's all these older minds that think that you can just win that way. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that's just, that's, that's, you're not going to win that way. You need good goaltending, you need good defense. And, and this whole tradition of drafting forward after forward after forward and just missing and missing and missing. And, and when you do draft a good guy, you trade him. It, it, just, it just has not worked. And uh, I think, like Ferraro put it well, you, you have all these yes men there you you yeah. sit you're sitting in this boardroom Shirelli's putting forward the, this move and all these older guys are just saying yes yes Peter yes Peter yes Peter yes <laughs> men you, you need to get rid of these yes men you know what yeah. good are these guys yeah and uh and 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 you so you need you need to get all those guys out and the other thing is this is the second bit of inside info is you know Pierre thinks they're they're going to be just fine cuz that owner or or whatever his position is that Bob Nicholson the guy who had the press conference I think he's afterwards. a CEO yeah CEO he uh apparently he's he's very he's got a high reputation uh back in the 04 World Junior uh Canada had a rough World Junior 
and and what Pierre said was he remembered him. He was he was kind of the the, the runner of that team there, managerial wise. Mm. He had a big debrief. He had a he 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 had to make some tough moves, let go of the coach, made 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 some big big uh, you know moves to replace some guys on the bench in in managerial roles. And 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 from then on out, oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. I think Canada went on to win four golds in a row. Ever since that yeah. debrief, that was led by that Bob Nicholson guy. Really? So I I think yeah, and that, yeah, Pierre said that. So I I think uh, I think they got the right guy there. He he seems like a rational guy, and everything he said in the press conference I thought was 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 fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I can only hope he gets it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so I, I do think there needs to be like a purge, like you put, like a, there needs to be a big purge and you need to get some, some new, some new faces in there Yeah, in Edmonton. Who would you like to see there next, uh, in the general manager's seat, Nick, who do you think would be a good, well, good I, a name I've been hearing a lot of is a guy called Kelly McCrimmon. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the big architects of the Vegas golden Knights and, and, and they're, mm. Their their base their their masterful job in putting that team together through the draft. Uh, yeah. He's a great uh, he's a great uh, you know evaluator of amateur talent, pro talent. Just just a great scouting mind, um, and also a great manager. And so I, I think if Vegas let him leave, I think that would be great. I think a guy like Al Murray in Tampa, who people have been saying is one of the best scouts ever in the history of the NHL. Easy. He's just consistently good. If you look at his scouting record with LA and Tampa. Uh, a big reason why Yeiserman and all those years in Tampa had so many great players coming in. And uh, I think if he, he might get a chance, that would be really cool. Mm. Um, so I, I think those are two kind of under the radar names that you, you should be watching out for here. Mm-hmm. Now, my favorite name out there, Nick, is Ronnie Hextall. Mm. Recently let go from the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, from what I can gather, Ronnie Hextall was let go because... He had a plan, and he was willing to stick with it, and it just wasn't in the same interest as the as the as the owner. So I'm looking at this guy, and I'm th- I'm thinking, well, here's a guy who's willing to stick to his guns. He's willing to trust his own process. And to be honest, I, I mean, I've been pretty vocal. I've I've liked his tenure of work. I liked what he put together in Philadelphia. I'm not sure why exactly things have fallen apart this year, but I think he's drafted really well. I think he's done a great job with shedding bad contracts in the past. And I think this guy is just an overall great GM who maybe ran into a bad situation over there. I think he'd be a good fit in Edmonton if he's willing to try it out. He also He's also out of a job right now as opposed to the guys you mentioned there. So he, he, could, mm-hmm. uh, he could step in whenever. Now, I'm not saying they should rush or anything. I just think he'd, uh, he fits the bill pretty well. But uh, now with all that being said, Nick, the Oilers are in a weird spot now because they kind of are maybe leaderless in a way, and they are within striking distance of the playoffs. The deadline's coming up. There's a lot of balls in the air, juggling a lot of balls in the air. What is their move at this deadline? Uh, and I'm in. I'm of the opinion they cannot mortgage the future because I think it might be a maybe a bad year to really go for it. But I mean, if they're sniffing around, and especially in these next couple of weeks, if they start getting on a winning go, and uh, they're sort of flirting with being very good contenders for a playoff spot, do they do they potentially add a guy at at this deadline? 
I don't think they can, Kyle. And and I think the 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 rationale there is even if they do look at the standings and go, oh, we are so close, and and we can do this, we can get in. Even if you go through the lengths of trading some future talent or some future picks to get into the playoffs, to get a few games at your brand new arena at Edmonton to get the fans out there, you're you're gonna play a fantastic team in the first round. Probably you know a Nashville, a Winnipeg, a Calgary, a San Jose. You don't want that. You you don't want to just be wanting you put all this effort in getting into the playoffs, getting trading away, mortgaging your future. And, and, and then just to get shellacked in the first round. I don't think that's a recipe for success. I think that's counterintuitive. I think this is now the part where you sit down and you got to make a, you got to have a rebuild. And there's no rebuilding on the mm. fly. You just got to rebuild. And it pains me to say that. That hurts, man. That that's, really that's hurts. Been the, that's been the message there the past like five, ten years. Oh, ten rebuild. years. The ten last, years. Sorry, not ten. They were just in a cup final. But five, last five years, it's been like rebuild. Okay, Connor, we're building around Connor. Oh, Nuge, we're building around Nuge. Hall, we're building around Hall. Yakupov, we're building around Yakupov. It's like all these first-round picks, we're building around this guy. Building, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And they get one playoff against, against you know, one round. They beat San Jose. They lose to Anaheim. But it sucks because it's like they had a rebuild, and now they got to do it all over again. Yeah. It's like it's been unproductive. Oh. Man, it hurts. It hurts. And it hurts. It hurts for guys like Connor. And 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 the and the boys on Overdrive, it was on in TSN, it was funny what they said. They 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 had like a photo of McDavid when he was just drafted, you know, short hair, clean shaven. And then you got the new McDavid, who looks like he's just off the cast <laughs> of Castaway. You know, he's like Tom Hanks from Castaway. Yeah, his hair's yeah. fucking his hair's like Jesus. Because he's got the he's got the he's got the grizzled beard. And it's like he's been trapped on this Shirelli Island for like five <laughs> years with no no provisions, oh, and God. and he's a mess. <laughs> no provisions. <laughs> oh, it's awful. that's good. That's good. That is very good stuff. Very good stuff. But again, it just it shows you just how much of a debacle it's been there, and how much oh this God. guy this kid's been through. I have a very 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 interesting solution to all this. Very interesting. Now, I don't know how this is going to possibly happen, but I say hold steady this year. And what you want to do is tank next year. If Edmonton Oilers tank in 2020, get a top five pick. Holy shit. You are looking, you're looking at a team that can turn this, this thing around very, very fast. Cause Nick, I know we've talked about the 2020 draft about being very, very good. There's talk out there, Nick, that this could be the best draft ever in the history of the league in terms of talent in this first round. Like next year is literally the year to finish last. And it's not even because of uh, the the French-Canadian kid. It's because of all these guys. If Edmonton were to grab a top five next year, boy, oh boy, they would turn it around so quick. But I don't know how how they go about doing that, but... I agree, and even if you can get like somewhere this year, if you can finish in the, like, in the, I don't know, like, here's what I'm saying: like, don't make the playoffs. Get like something like the twentieth pick in the first round this year, mm. okay? Yeah. Draft, draft Spencer Knight. Oh. Get the best goalie prospect since Mark Andre Fleury. Fix your goalie struggles. 
this fucking this Koskinen and Talbot debacle. <laughs> Literally, everything I hear about this kid is he's he's as he's he's like Flurry when he was drafted. He's got the athleticism of Flurry, but the poise and calmness of of Carey Price, the character of a Di Pietro. He's Come like on. the package. Come on, everything I hear about this kid. And and if you could just get him to solve these troubles, because boy oh boy, don't even get me started on that Koskinen contract. They oh. they sign the guy to they give him four and a half million, and then he gives up three stinkers in that game against Detroit, like literally the day after he signs that extension. Like it was like a recipe for disaster. It just looks that way right now. Talbot looks like he's on his way out. You're gonna need a goalie, Kyle. Talbot's if you're gonna gone. win the if you're gonna win the cup with McDavid. In, 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 in five years from now, the Oilers are going to win a cup or eight years from now. I don't know, but mm. hopefully they win a cup with McDavid. You're going to need a kid in net, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. draft, dra- he, Spencer Knight, he's ranked 19th by Bob McKenzie right now. Yeah. Take him. Take him in a late teens <clears throat> where, you'll, you're, where you're likely to draft. And then next year, load up on two first-round picks or something by, mm. by making some moves here. And then you get, you know, two, you can get a defenseman and like a forward next year. Yeah. I'm just I worry because you're you're setting their window to be very very late. Like uh you know you know how goalies develop. They the the Spencer kid won't be NHL starter caliber until he's like 21, 22, which will be like 4 years from today. And I'm just I don't know yeah. like it, but it just I don't scares think they're, me. They're not in a position to win in the next 4 years. I just can't see that. Mm. The Oilers, the Oilers can't be in a cup final. The way Shirelli has dropped this team to, to just shit, it's just they can't be in a cup final in four years. He's he's done too much bad stuff. He's mm. he's 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 taken on too many bad contracts and traded away too many future assets yeah. to just to just like snap your fingers and be in a cup final in four years. Yeah. Right? The next four years are all about the Leafs, the Lightning, uh Nashville. These teams that Colorado. have Colorado at the top now. Colorado, Edmonton, you you can have the four years after that, but now's not your time. I'm sorry, that hurts. I hope nobody in Edmonton's watching this, and we don't get a lot of Alberta fans, so I I don't think they are. But man, at least they get to watch the best player all the time. Like they have that. Like that's something to be proud of, you know. Not for long. If if things aren't Ooh. fixed there in three Ooh. to four years, and he doesn't see see uh, things going right, he, he might want out. You think Connor McJesus will request a trade? I don't think he should do that now. I think then no. he'd be, he'd be getting a lot of criticism. But if I think you let the guy who's coming in get a fair shake, give him the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, he's a smart hockey mind. Yeah. Don't just quit on him yeah. right away. You know, show some some honor. Let the guy have his, you know, three-year stint. Yeah. Then reevaluate, see how he's done. And then if you want out, you can want out and you won't mm. be criticized for it because you'll you'll have stuck along for the guy's shtick, yeah. uh, you know, for, for what was a reasonable time in my mm. mind. Now, Nick, before we move on from Edmonton, because we are, we're getting up there in time, I, I want to do, now, have you heard of the potato challenge? No. Basically, what people are doing on social media recently is they're they're doing this potato challenge, Nick. And it's basically if we had a potato as our general manager instead of our general manager, what would this <laughs> roster look like? So they replaced Shirelli with a potato for okay. his stint. And I just want to read you the top nine 
forwards of this Edmonton Oilers group without any interference. Now, I think this works as you draft the same guys that you drafted and you you signed, well, you, you didn't make any signings. So basically, you draft your same guys and you sign, like everyone you had before is still there. Right. So here's your first line. Taylor Hall, Connor McDavid, Jordan Everly. Second line. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Matt Barzell, and Jesse Pugliarvi. Third line, Pouliot, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto. Now that's got to be, I think that might be the best center depth in the NHL. McDavid, Barzell, and Dreisaitl. Now you can flip-flop Dreisaitl and Barzell as much as your heart desires. But if you have either one of those guys as a third liner, let alone a second liner, you're crazy. And then you can maybe move one to the wing if you're hurting a little bit. But my God, that that's just a talented forward group. I'm sorry, but this is this is a lethal offense. A just a lethal offense. Yeah, I think that's right up there with with the Leafs in terms of center depth and, and pens. That's uh, that's really something. And yeah. uh, it's it's crazy how if you just you know let things go with the flow and you didn't overthink things and make these drastic deals. How, how much of a great team you'd have on the table there. So really goes to show you how much uh, Shirelli really, you know, shot himself in the foot. <laughs> and it's actually a lesson I, I kind of learned in fantasy hockey when I was when I was first starting out. Like, you can get a little... You can jump the gun pretty easily in fantasy hockey, Nick. When things are going bad, you want to make a bunch of moves. You want to trade... You know, you drafted Voracek early on, and you just want to trade him because he's doing bad. It's not good asset management, and uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that earlier on in my fantasy hockey career, but it's just like sometimes, I mean, you take the Jess approach. Remember when we played with Jess? She didn't make right. barely any moves, and she had a, a fine year, a fine year. There you year. go. Because everything just balances out, but yeah, the potato challenge, and Shirelli loses against the potato, so <laughs> there you go. But uh, we're, we got to move on to one of our final segments here, Nick. This is a fun one. Definitely... Uh, Definitely one that I, I love to discuss personally because it's I like to dream up big dreams here. Now, we just recently got some sad news that uh, we won't be having a 2020 World Cup. And boy, did we have fun with 2016. Nick, we were at the, the pregame festival. We got to shake hands with the players. We saw the concert. You know, it was a fun event. And the, and the tournament was was just awesome with Team North America. Like, we saw... Things we would never see. We saw Matthews and McDavid on the same line, and it was just an awesome event. But we won't be having that in 2020, and it's sad. So what we thought we'd do was uh, was create Team Canada's mock roster for 2020. Now, we're taking out the rule of the Team North America. So if there's any young guys that were that would still be under 24, they're all up for grabs for this team. So just give me your best team Canada roster that you can possibly think of doesn't matter the age uh and and let's see what we got so I'd like you to go first Nick and then I'll give you my counter all right I don't I did not make lines I didn't go that far come on make lines I guess it's too late the problem is a lot of these guys can play center and they can also play on the wing yeah, I guess so like so. the problem, I just wanted to get the best 11 or sorry, 13 forwards I could get. Right. Because that's ideally it. Right. Four sure. lines. And then you have the extra man. Right. 
Sure. So all I will not give you lines because like I just don't know who would play center, who would play on the wing. But what I will give you is 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 thirteen names that I thought were deserving of being forwards, mm-hmm. six on defense, and two goalies and a coach. Oh, a coach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A coach. Sure. It's fun. Yep. Yep. Okay. Forwards. <laughs> Connor McDavid. Boo. Sydney Crosby. Braden Point Ooh, that's makes my team third Canada. Name. Wow, third name. One of my favorite. One of my favorite players. Okay. Bergeron. Yep. Marshawn. I want mm. that duo. Mm-hmm. Stamkos. Mm. He's he's looked fresh and rejuvenated. Fresh. Now that he's healthy, I, I'd love him on my team. Yep. Sure. Nathan McKinnon, of Ooh, course. Of course. Who I've fallen in love with this past year. <laughs> You got uh, Mitch Marner, who has turned into a star. I want him on my team, Canada. The way he can drive a line, as we've seen with with whoever he plays with in Toronto. Oh yeah, Shifley. Oh, you got to have him on team. Wow, Canada. he's a he's a newbie on that team. Yeah, yeah. Tavares. I, yep. I I need net front presence. I need those grinding guys who are going to get those goals. He's always trying real hard. He's like the Richard Magoni of this team, you know? Like he <laughs> just he just sh- all day. He, he just shoots a lot. Like he just <laughs> tries five hole every time. Yeah. And like he's he's very like emotionless on the ice. He's very like just stoic. Yeah. Kind of like Richard. So he's he's the Magoni of the team. Magone bone. Uh, Jamie Ben. This one's an interesting wow. one because he's had the slow year this year. But I, man, I just need physicality and grit on this team. I can't just have it be skilled guys. And yeah. he gives me skill and the physicality and grit. So I need yeah. Ben. Gotcha. Mark Stone, a similar guy like that. I need him on this team. And and the way he's played played it with Ottawa this year, I think he should be a Selkie finalist at the very least this year. Um, and then my final name because I believe that's twelve. I just rattled off there. Yeah. And this one you're you're not gonna like, and not a lot of people will like. Oh, I think Ryan O'Reilly might be one of the most underrated players in the NHL. <sighs> Jesus, he does not get enough attention. He Jesus is such shit. a fantastic player. He does everything, like the amount of effort he shows on the ice, the what he does all across the ice. He's skilled. He can shoot the puck like a skilled guy. He can grind it out like anybody can. He is. He's got character. Above the ceiling, oh. uh, Ryan O'Reilly is my thirteenth forward. But he's a loser. How's he a loser? No, like I, I like him. I like him. Everything I, everything you said, I agree with. But he just he plays on a lot of losing teams all the time. But it's, he's it the best player on those sense. teams. I know it doesn't it, make it, sense. It's a shame, but he's the best player. He's so good. I understand. I've, I've I understand. Like I didn't watch a lot of him before this year, and now with St. Louis, he does things right every single game. Yeah. It's nuts. No, I, I uh, anyway, it's a bad pick. I don't think it's a bad pick. But again, again, like a thirteenth forward, like a guy who he, oh, may, yeah. he might be deployed some games, sure. some, might not yeah. be deployed other games. You know. I think it's Anyways, just bonkers. Yeah. Like we 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 just can we just acknowledge like the roster you just named is just ludicrous. What ludicrous. Inter- That's no, not bad. No, inter- it's good. I mean, in terms of just skill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. It's no t- one measures up with these guys. Anyways, defense. Yeah. Mark Giordano, oh, a guy who you. has emerged as a Norse Trophy candidate this year. I think I think he's got character. I think he can do a lot on the ice, both offensively and defensively. Yeah. I like him as one of my six. All right. 
Drew Doughty, a favorite of mine, a, a a guy who makes the team every year. I I can't see that changing. He's going to stick out. around. One of the one of the better defensemen in the league. All right. Chris Letang. Wow. A guy who's put up a healthy year this year. I think you need him. You need puck moving D. I'm into that on this team. And and this guy's going to lead that charge. And I think you need a guy like Latang there. He's having a career year this season. Uh, seems to be over those health issues. I'd love him. Uh, Morgan Riley, mm. a very similar player who has emerged as a star now. Uh, I think you need Morgan on this team. Absolutely. After the year he's having right now. P.K. Subban. I need oh. that character. I need oh. that character on this team. I need the character, Kyle. And he's going to bring it. Fuck. I like PK. It's bad. And my sixth defenseman, and this one I was shaky on because he's been on and off this year, Petrangelo. I want Petrangelo wow. as my sixth defenseman. Just a steady guy. I've, I've walked for too long in St. Louis. Again, lots of character. I really like Petrangelo. Wow. You want my goalies? I do. Or do you want to give your thoughts on my defense? Uh, you know what? I'll do def- I'll do defense and forward right after your goalies. Goalies. Gary Price? Yeah. Mikey DiPietro. <laughs> no! You're joking. Why? He, Come he, like, on. The backup? Listen, the backup, he's not going to play any games. He's just going to sit on the bench. So if he's sitting on the bench, I want someone who's just going to rally the troops, provide character, get keep everyone on the up and up. Keep everyone in a good mood. Mikey DiPietro. Best character like, of any goal. That I I but that's like what if your goalie gets injured and he has he's to He's not. Go in? He's not. He's not Carrie Carrie's not gonna get injured. Oh, you, you just know that, eh? Yeah, I just know that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's so, so out I, of line. I got I got the line. best skilled goalie in the world, and then I got the best character goalie in the world. I guess sure, you just that's that's how I did it. You're tickling your fantasies here. That's what you're yeah. doing. I get that's fine. Uh, I mean this is a fantasy. What did you little. think? So what do you think? Uh, I'll start with the forwards. I I really don't have any complaints here. I mean, we had two players that uh, that were different, and yeah. I'll I'll let you know my my picks in a second. But I love your Ben pick. And again, he's not having the best year, but he's a guy that can add some grit and really stand up for your team if things are not uh, going right. And no one's gonna no one's gonna push this guy around on the ice. So that's awesome. Um, I think the other one you had was O'Reilly, which. I didn't have that, but uh, I totally get what you're saying. And I think he was he was on the World Cup team actually in 2016, mm-hmm. and he did just fine there. So that that's cool. I I understand that. And uh, you you singled out Mark Stone, and I think I just want to say like I gotta I gotta give this guy a nod because he yeah he's on my roster as well, and I think he's so deserving of this spot. And I think to me he's he's my Selkie winner so far. And I think, Nick, there's actually advanced, or not even advanced, but there's stats out there saying that he is top three in, sh- in like, scoring chance generation and top three in scoring chance suppression. Like, this mm-hmm. guy's just insane. If he's, on, if he's on the ice, he's just a, he's a crazy player to have on your team. So that's, uh, that's the forwards there. No real complaints. No real complaints at all. But here we go with the defense. Like... I don't mind Giordano. I think Latang's an interesting ad because he generally gets no love from Team Canada for whatever reason. But I think he's very deserving of the spot. Uh, Subban. Oh, it's a poor choice. Just so poor. If we're talking you wanted his character, I think this is not the character that you want on this team. 
This guy is just. You sound like Mark Bergevin. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. You don't want like a. a it does. I don't see this Team Canada as like a goofy, fun, joke around kind of light atmosphere. I see this as, all right, boys. This is Team Canada. We never lose. We're going in here with a bulletproof attitude and it's Subban. Okay, just, okay, I made a mistake. Subban I'll would blow that. Okay, I'm going to substitute. I just thought of a defenseman that needs to be on this team. Go ahead, say it. Mark Edward Vlasic. Okay, that's bad. He needs to be on this team. That's bad. He's, he's going to he's going to replace PK or Petrangelo. <clears throat> okay, that's fine. And Petrangelo. Okay. Uh, again, we have to we have to consider that this is 2020, so a year goes by. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he turns it around. And I always thought he was he was a good guy, so not too bad. And again, for the goalies, yeah, Di Pietro's weird, but again, fantasy, so we can say whatever we want, I guess. So yeah, I'll go. I'll get into mine. I'll get into mine. I like I like your team, Nick, and I'm glad you subbed out Subban. I'm glad we see eye to eye there. Yeah, no, I totally forgot Vlasic. He needs to be there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So now my uh, my team actually has lines. So I, it's just a little bit of, you know, adding and um, mixing and matching. So I'll, I'll go through the lines here. My first player is a guy that uh, I think you may have forgotten, Nick. This guy, fuck. Like, this is another guy that doesn't get enough love. Claude Giroux mm. on my first line left winger. Playing with McDavid and McKinnon. McKinnon on the right side. Boy, oh boy. What a, the, these guys last year would have each had 100 points or more if they, if they were all healthy. Claude had one, 102 to come second in league scoring and having a crazy year this year too. Uh, second line, Marchant, Crosby, Bergeron. Same as 2016. One of the most, do, the most dominant lines of the, uh, of the tournament. Third line. This is the GTA connection. Stamkos, Tavares, Marner. Tavares and Marner connection there. Fourth line. Braden Point on the left side with Mark Shifley and Mark Stone. The Marks. The, po- the Points and the Marks team up. My 13th forward. I had to add this guy. He's just too, too electric. Far too electric. Matt Barzell. If you can pl- you can plug him mm. in to give you a just a spark of of offense whenever you want, and uh, he's a guy that can control the play. And I think you could you know test him out with a Crosby like we saw in the in the All Star game. If, if something's not working out there, I think he's a good guy to throw in. Um, my defense was carefully crafted with the finest Swiss precision. I've got uh, and these pairings are in no particular order. I just I like these pairings in particular. I like Morgan Riley with Shea Weber. I know Weber's going to be a little bit older and all that, but uh, he's going to be a solid rock for allowing Riley to go jump in on the offense. Uh, I got uh, Mark Edward Vlasic and his buddy Brent Burns. Again, the solid rock in Vlasic, and Burns let him freewheel and do his thing. And then I have Drew Doughty and Tommy Shabbat. I think mm. in a year's time, Tommy Shabbat will continue to be one of the premier offensive def- offensive defensemen. And I think uh, with with Dowdy, maybe they, they both like their offense, but Dowdy can also be very, very responsible defensively. And he'll let Tommy do his thing while, uh, while he mans the, mans the fort back there. So I think that's a good, solid six defenseman right there. So there's mine. And for my goalies, it's quite simple. 
we have two guys that I've owned this year in fantasy is Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm. What we've seen in Fleury is two different guys. I mean, Fleury, the uh, the pure athlete, maybe uh, he's gotten better with his positional play and his poise, but Fleury's more of the uh, acrobat. He's more of the showman, and we've seen Carey Price's you know, cool as, as a cucumber, positionally sound, uh, just a technical masterpiece and perhaps not as agile and as quick as Flurry, but still just a uh, a top five goal in the league, especially this year in 2019 since January. He's been unbelievable. So, yeah, that's my Team Canada. And again, just bonkers, just simply disgusting. Yeah, I mean, like the forwards aren't too different, like you said. No. But I've made this case before, and this is just a personal gripe of mine, having watched the San Jose Sharks play a lot. I I don't like Brett Burns as a defenseman. Mm. He's my favorite player, but I he's a liability on defense. And if you watch the Sharks as much as I do, you see he makes bad decisions in games. He pinches when he doesn't have to pinch, and he costs his team. And I don't care how many points he gets in Olympic hockey. I can't have those antics. Mm. So to me, I, I, he can't be on my team. And that's why I went with more, you know, steady guys. Yeah. Fair. Um, so that, that, that was the rationale there. And then I don't know. Shabbat great player. I just, I don't know if he's old enough to take on that role even in 2020. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. But I like the goalies. I if 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 it weren't for my Di Pietro character factor, I, I think Flurry would be the second guy. He's, a he's just so athletic, too, you know. and he's got character, which is great. Oh, out the wazoo. Um. So yeah, no, I no big complaints for me. Just just little little changes here and there. Just the Burnsy. And and who's who's the coach? Ah, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be boring. I'm gonna say Mike Babcock. Ah, uh, he's you know he's the guy. He's just the guy. Well, I will uh, I will go with the man who started our episode, Pierre Maguire. <laughs> wow, you are taking this to a whole new level. Why not? I like it. He no, would, I a like coach it. doesn't have to do anything. On Team Canada, you could literally just sit there with, with your arms behind your back. Like, we, we could coach Team Canada. Uh, Nick, 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 Nick. I, I have to say this. The only thing a Team Canada coach has to do is command respect from <laughs> from egotistical superstars and get everyone to fill their role. Pierre is incapable of any of those things. <laughs> Pierre comes in and uh, all the guys just go wide-eyed and go, this is going to be so fun. And they're going to they're gonna think this is just a, a shit show free-for-all. Mike Babcock <laughs> comes in the room and you're like, oh, okay, uh, you want me to back? You want me to play defense but i'm but i'm mark shifley you got it sir i'll do whatever you say like that's uh you know that's that's got to be a factor here Nick. even even when pierre raises his voice and, and gets everyone all scared no come on <laughs> they're laughing they're laughing they're laughing eh? they're just having the greatest time that's and sad dowdy's giving an elbow over to to uh to Burnsy there, and he goes, oh, "Look at this idiot! <laughs> you know what's He's going on." He's a Stanley on. Cup with Stanley Cup winning coach that gets no respect. Zero. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of Pierre, Nick, Pierre's got an interesting little stat line that you uh, you brought up mm-hmm. earlier on in the show. 
And given the uh, the just over halfway point of the season, what uh, what what is this interesting stat line that uh, that you have to share with us? The stat line, famous historical statistic here by Pierre Maguire. Yeah. In the history of the NHL, mm. only two teams have made the playoffs when trailing north of 10 points at the All-Star game. Wow. The 1995 Buffalo Sabres and one of Kyle's favorite teams in the history of the league, the Hamburglar Ottawa Senators. Maybe ever. The magical run. Yeah. Wow. Those are the two exceptions. And so today, to end this episode, we're tasked with putting this test to work and seeing just how ridiculous it may sound. Wow. And whether or not we agree or disagree. Right. right. So, without further ado, according to this statistic, these teams will be out. East first. Okay. Ottawa Senators. Okay, fair. New Jersey Devils. Mm. Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. Detroit Red Wings. Hmm. And the final one, the Florida Panthers. Hmm. Now, is what this, do you make of that? Is this 10 and up or is this over 10? 10 and up. Wow. Florida's right at 10. You know what? No games in hand. Ah, uh, Nick. Fuck. Call me crazy. No, I'm crazy. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. You know what? You're right. Because like, I would. I want to say that I can see a run in Florida. They got Vinny Trocheck back. They're finally healthy, and we know they're a decent team. I want to say I can see a run there, but then when you do look at the guys in, it's so hard to imagine this happening. Like, who falls here? Like Pittsburgh, Boston are in the wild card spots. They're not gonna fall. Come on, Pittsburgh's got they 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 have a four point cushion already, and I don't see Pittsburgh going any lower than this. So no, I I'm I'm buying this for the East. I'm absolutely buying this. But I think when we look at the West, things will be very mucky, a lot muckier than the East. But yeah, I'll buy and, that. Yeah, yeah, no, you and you're absolutely right. And and one more thing about Florida is. They'd have to leapfrog like three teams. Yeah. Because above them is Rangers, Carolina, Buffalo. And that's not easy to do. It's it's not. But again, at the beginning of the year, I would have told you that they were Florida was better than all those guys. But I mean, it just hasn't played out that way. But I still think we might see a run. But I, there's no way Florida makes it in. Alrighty, Western Conference. Yeah. Los Angeles Kings. Oh my god. Wait a minute here. They're all they're all in the threshold. Oh yeah. They're oh my all god. within ten points. This is a this is a mess. This is an absolute is mess. mess. I Holy wonder, shit. I wonder if this is unprecedented, Nick. The last place team in the West oh my is god. absolutely within striking distance. I got to start watching the LA Kings again. They're eight points back. This is absurd. 
Yeah, no games, no games in hand. Flat, 50, 50 games. What? Eight points back. So Pierre's little trick is is just non-existent in the West. Wow, that's insane. I didn't even know this was mathematically possible. Like I thought, L.A. was a bottom feeder of all mm-hmm. bottom feeders, and oh my god! Wow. And that, and it just that just goes to show you how bad these teams have been, right? Yeah. Uh, the, like as much as we love them, the Colorado Avalanche are two games above five hundred. Like they're they're basically a five hundred hockey team, and, yeah. and they're and they're and they're in the wild card spot. They are just plummeting to their doom. Since when has 500 got you into the playoffs? That's that's crazy. Now, don't look now, but who's surging back there is St. Louis and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine those two teams getting in. St. Louis, everyone wrote off so many months ago, and Arizona is the joke of the NHL. Like, this is an absolute race that is... I didn't even know it was this dramatic. This is unbelievable. Yeah, this is something to pay attention to uh, from now on out. And and it's funny you mentioned those two teams because I have something to say about both. Okay. Arizona, in my opinion, is like that ragtag group of schmucks mm. that like no one respects. And on paper, they look awful. Yeah. But then like when you watch them play, they're like as hardworking and like well-coached underdog team in the league. Wow! Like if if you watch that game against Toronto the other the other week, like the the win they had in Toronto, yeah, like they had no business winning that game, but like they just found a way. Like mm. these 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 ragtag guys just hustled and then got these goals past Freddie, these mm. sneaky goals, and and the coaching's exquisite because the PK Kyle mm-hmm. first in the NHL. Wow. Um. I mean, they're they they're quietly still in contention. Uh, in fact, Pierre he's done a lot of games there this season, and and he's good friends with the coach Rick Tockett, and they think they're going to make the playoffs. Fuck, they're that confident. I mean, Nick, they win one game and they're tied with yeah, the Colorado. They're in the win a game and yeah. you're in a spot. Yeah, it's insane. And the, the one thing I'll say about St. Louis, my team, is uh. And and Ray Ferraro made this point. He thinks St. Louis is going to get that that wild card spot because you look at all these other teams, and there's glaring weaknesses on all of them. Agreed. Anaheim yeah. can't score. Yeah. Arizona, just on paper, they just don't look appealing. Right. They're, they, it's like they they're playing out of their minds. Too. It does. It doesn't look like sustained success. Right. Yeah. Edmonton. The Peter Shrelly factor. Yeah. They, they've dug themselves too deep into a hole. Chicago, LA, rebuilding. Vancouver? Mm, some question marks on defense. But you look at St. Louis. Or sorry, one more. Dallas. Drama. Drama and ownership. Drama from the coaching. Lots of drama there. Yeah. And they've just... They've got... Their top guys just underperforming this year too. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's not good. And then you look at St. Louis. From the start of the season, we've loved them on paper. 
They had the forward depths, four solid lines, three solid D pairs. But their one glaring weakness, Jake Allen. Yeah. But all of a sudden, don't. We've seen the emergence of young Bennington. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Kyle, Kyle, five wins. 184 GAA, yeah. 924 save percentage. The guy's the guy's killing it in Yahoo Fantasy right now. He's killing it for me. This this guy's the savior. How do you? It's too early to say. It's too early to say. He's had a he's a he's a highly touted prospect since when he was drafted. The AHL numbers in San Antonio have been there. He's a stud. So you're running on this rookie goalie to get your team hey, to the playoffs. Hey, when we put our predictions in two months ago, the updated ones, I told you St. Louis is going to make the playoffs, and I'm sticking with it. And I think Ferraro's got it right. There's a glaring weakness on every one of these teams. Like I just said, okay. and this one St. Louis team seems to have fixed their one weakness. Okay. And I've seen enough from the kid. I've watched enough games. He's like 10 times better than Jake Allen. It's like so, night and day. So Nick... I'll give you three teams who falls out. Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado. Who falls out? Dallas. Okay. I love I love Colorado too much. They they're 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 too underplaying right now. They're better than they've been playing. They're yeah. not this bad. You're right. Yeah. We know this. They're gonna get in. Minnesota, they've been a dark horse for me from the start. I had them being a top three teams in, in the central. I think Bruce Boudreau, he's one of our favorite coaches for a reason. I think he's gonna he's gonna fix the mess there. Mm. And uh, and Dallas, too much drama. The stars aren't playing like the stars, and uh, it's just too wacky. It's just mm. too inconsistent. I could see them dropping out. Ah, interesting, interesting. Nick, oh boy. And yeah, I could I could. It just seems like Dallas has gone so long without getting Ben and Sagan. Ben and Sagan have never had a, a sustained playoff run in their entire time together. It's insane. Like these these guys have been one of the most dynamic duos in the league for a long time now, and they've had what one round, one round that didn't go very well. It just seems like a really sad story to me. But uh, if I were to choose out of those three. If I'm honest, I'll pick Minnesota. Sure, they have a three-point cushion on those two other teams, but this team, I see Dubnik, and I don't have... He just doesn't play with confidence this year as much as he has in the past. He just seems like a, a, a weird guy, just a weird goaltender out there. Um, And they just... They don't have the X factor. They don't have... You know, I know Parise's having doing some weird stuff out there, but they got rid of Nita Ryder and got a shitty return. It just seems like things are gonna catch up with them, age wise and Boudreaux wise, blowing a gasket. To be honest, Nick, and I'm just gonna say this for theatrics, I'm gonna pick Edmonton here. They're three points. Wow. I'm gonna pick Edmonton for one reason. They're three points back right now. I think every guy in that room has 
texted their buddies. They've texted their parents. They've texted everybody they know. And they've said, thank God. Shirelli is not running this team anymore. The moral, the mental boost that this team is going to get from that. Plus, you, if you have Connor firing on all cylinders and you've got Drysaddle's having a quiet career year, Nuge is having a very quiet career year, like this team can still put up a decent amount of goals. If they can get something good from Koskinen, something good, give us an average goaltender. I think Edmonton could quietly make a last wildcard spot and Connor McDavid will win the Hart Trophy for it. Now that's just for theatrics. And because I have very little faith in uh, in a Nick team like St. Louis. So that that's my pick there. I almost want to make a bet with you right here and now. Oh, I'm down. Hey. But I don't know. I don't know which one. Like, what's the bet? Is the bet who falls out, like Minnesota-Dallas, or is the bet St. Louis-Edmonton? Like, what Let's gets- go St. Louis-Edmonton. Let's let's bet on the positive rather than the negative. And uh, let, let's go St. Louis-Edmonton. So the, so the winner will get... Higher? Yeah. Well, no. The, the winner has to be someone who makes the playoffs. If neither one of them does, then it's nullified. Mm, okay. They have to make the playoffs. What if both make the playoffs? uh nullified nullified yeah it's okay. it's it's playoff or bust for this for this deal and uh, i guess we'll put a crisp 20 down if if that's all right no i was gonna say uh i was just gonna say a pitcher okay yeah yeah that's fine they have to that's buy fine. a pitcher for the other guy at the bar that's fine yeah there I, we go i go lower stakes that's perfect well i guess it's like five dollar difference but it's just about yeah. yeah it's just more fun yeah gotcha okay Perfecto. yeah this is awesome I, I'm I'm excited to watch this race. Like, like you said, like we said, it's it's unbelievable that these guys are so close, and who knows what'll happen. But let's uh, let's go Edmonton. I'm, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, I I can't think of another season where after the break you're as eager just to look at the standings after every night just to see how they change. Yeah, it, it's really something. You know what, Nick? Let's. I'm, I'm going to change my mind here. Whoever finishes higher. Whoever finishes okay. higher between the two teams. Okay. Let's uh let let's let's just go. I mean, it's just a pitcher. Who cares? Let's just go all in on this. Well, you've heard it here you've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. You are the witnesses to this to this deal. And uh the loser will be held accountable. Indeed they will. All right, guys. Well, it's been a hell of a long episode. We apologize for that, but uh, there was a lot of very good content this week, and we just felt like we had to we had to really dive in this week. So, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening to the end if you're still around. And uh, it's been a pleasure today, as I'm sure Nick agrees. And uh, that's it for today's show. So, without further ado, this is Rink Moose signing off.